Welcome back to Hour 2 of Catholic uh, Crest in the Afternoon. Almost like Catholic Answers, but we got to wait another hour for Catholic Answers, and uh, Cy Kell and the gang will be on another hour. I'm Tom Nash, who is a contributing apologist for Catholic Answers, filling in for Al. And something in the news that's rather, I think, hopeful, promising, both in terms of saving people's lives and also protecting people's lives, is this new... Uh, story that's that they just transplanted for the first time the heart of a pig to a human and this was in Maryland and the person it was last Friday that the surgery took place a gentleman by the name of Mr. Bennett and he is doing well so far and joining us to talk about the considerations about is this moral is this ethical and all about it is Wesley Smith Chair and Senior Fellow at the Discovery Institute Center on Human Exceptionalism, also a consultant to the Patients' Rights Council, author of 13 books, including Culture of Death, The Age of Do Harm Medicine. Well, this would be a case of, it seems, Wes, of uh, if we're using pig arts, it'll be do no harm or, or greater concern about that with regard to some of the ethics associated with implantations and transplants. Welcome to the program. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Tom, and Happy New Year to you. You as well. Yeah, it's nice to be able to uh, come on Al's show and talk about a good news story for a change. Mm. Yeah, and, and can you explain this whole situation and what's going on? And uh, I guess, gentlemen, the doctor was working on transplanting pig hearts into baboons over a number of years, and this was the first time of somebody who was not eligible because of health considerations to be on the short list to get a heart transplant. And therefore, they said, well, you either die or we can try this. And, and uh, they went through, and so far, it's going well. Can you tell us more about yeah. that process? Sure, yeah. Now, normally, this wouldn't be allowed because it is not an approved procedure, but it was approved in this case by the FDA at, under the compassionate use law that mm-hmm. I think was passed uh, during uh, President Trump's term in office. So uh, this one-time use, because he would have died otherwise, to allow this experiment to go forward with full knowledge on the part of the patient that this was very experimental and in the end might not save his life. They've been trying to uh, make it so that pigs can be used as organ uh, sources of organs for some time. The problem, of course, is there are different species. Yeah. Uh, and so the rejection would be much higher than the rejection that, that uh, happens with any organ transplant. So they've been uh, doing some gene editing of pigs, meaning putting a bit of human genes into the pigs that affect the, the, the you know, would stimulate the tissue rejection. Yes. And it looks like they succeeded. So uh, they... They, and, and pig organs are very much like human organs, uh, and that's why they're looking at pigs as the potential here. They already use uh, pig heart valves, for example, and heart valve surgery and, and uh, some other uh, types of surgeries. But this, of course, is the first soft tissue kind of organ that has been transplanted in this way. And now, I know, like, for example, in the Catholic Church, uh, heart transplant is allowed. There's a controversy about brain death versus, uh, you know, that can be used while and, and having uh, a heart um, taken out of someone and so for a transplant so that, but yet there's been concerns saying, well, are they really dead if their heart is still beating, et cetera, et cetera. Now, while the church has allowed it, this seems like a way to get around that whole concern. And, and as you know, um, there have been cases where people have thought to be brain dead, and, and thank God they found out. I'm trying to remember it was a case in Oklahoma or Kansas um, a couple years back where the person came out and was fine, They you know ready to harvest organs, and uh, 
and uh, thankfully they didn't. Yeah, um, there's a lot of uh, ethical contentious issues with regard to these kinds of issues. Um, they're beginning to conjoin euthanasia with organ harvesting, for example, where mm. it's legal in the Netherlands, Belgium, Canada. Um, there's uh, a black market in China where China will tissue type Falun Gong political prisoners and then people will come over there and uh, buy a liver, say. And what happens is the Falun Gong or other political prisoner is killed because they've been tissue typed with the uh, person purchasing the organ. And then that organ is sold to to this person. So, uh, And there's also pressure to do away with the dead donor rule altogether in bioethics. That is the idea that in order to give a vital organ, you have to be dead. Mm. This has the potential to really shorten the waiting list if it can actually be perfected. Um, there's only two caveats that I see. One yeah. is the potential uh, a safety issue. Yes. Could a porcine virus cross the species barrier when this was done and lead to a pandemic? <laughs> yeah. You know, we're, wow. we're dealing with one right now. So that's yeah. a real issue, and that's something that has been uh, causing concern in this field for some time. So that's, that's something to think about, and I, I think— they should not just start rushing out and doing that. They need to take a look at this circumstance and see what happens in that regard. Second, there's animal rights activists, of which I'm not one. I believe in animal welfare. Mm -hmm. But animal rights activists are up in arms, people for the ethical treatment of animals, uh, who a group which believes that humans and animals have equal moral worth, have said that it is wrong to use animals in this fashion. But I think that it is absolutely right because animals, uh, humans have greater value than animals. We have to treat animals humanely. That's a duty of human exceptionalism. But I don't believe that there is anything immoral or unethical about saving human lives uh, with the body parts of pigs if it can be done. And the first point you raise, if it can be done without a concern of uh, rejection and also uh you know, spreading the virus, spreading the, the virus. potential yeah. for a virus, virus that yeah. we would normally not catch. Yeah, and then that that could lead to a pandemic. If that can be navigated, it would seem. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but a lot of pigs are killed every day in slaughterhouses, right? It would seem like Correct. there could be means by which to have those. I mean, they're going to be killed anyway for pork and whatnot. Well, these pigs are going to be these are going to be different pigs in the sense that you're going to be. They're not going to be raised in a mass sense for food. And, and there I is, a, you know, an issue with regard to factory farming that that I think is certainly legitimate to discuss. Got but it. these pigs would be specially uh, bred uh, with that gene uh, change um, so that they would not be rejected uh, as readily by the human body. I see. So you'd have, um, shall we say, a new market for pigs, so to speak. I mean, <laughs> Certainly but I mean, for yeah, those genetically altered pigs, yeah. Yeah, and, but but then it would seem like that would make it for the pig farmers to, and I mean, there'd be, because there'd be a market in a, in a, in a legitimate Yeah, I sense. don't think it wouldn't be the kind of pig farms that we associate with food pigs, but it, you, you, there would be they would be raised in a very clinical fashion, uh, and and used in the in this regard, um, I, I think it's I think people have to think very carefully about those voices that are saying we should not have animal research and we should not use animals. I mean, all of the this a lot of animal research actually led to this potential. This man is alive because researchers actually did this kind of experiments on baboons and so forth. I call that the grim good of animal research. It yeah. It is not something we're happy about, but there are certain circumstances where there's no substitute for using an animal or you're going to use a human being. Uh, you've had people like Peter Singer, the notorious bioethicist from Princeton, Princeton yeah. 
who has basically said, well, rather than using animals of a higher level, such as a pig, which have you know, intelligence, we should use humans with cognitive disabilities. Well, you can see where that could lead. So, so these are very important issues. They're pretentious. The potential good here is tremendous. And uh, I just think we should uh, go forward, but, you know, with caution, because there are still some safety issues to consider. When you mention uh, Peter Singer, I, I think he should be thankful that he's not been on the short end of someone devaluating devaluing his life because um, in in the kind of uh, ethics he applies with the wrong person, he could be easily taken away. Well, yeah, and he said that he he believes in infanticide. Yeah. Yeah, You know, and uh, he's actually talked about... Up um, to two years uh, old, isn't it? Infanticide of a Down syndrome baby. Yeah, that hits home. Are there people in this world with greater capacity to love than those with Down syndrome? I haven't met them. No, and I and I have met them uh, in the sense that my little sister had Down syndrome, Mary. I mentioned yep. in the last uh, hour about her and what a wonderful witness to They're life. Wonderful she was. people. Yes, and and we're trying to wipe them off the face of the earth. It really is sickening. Yeah, Iceland uh, needs to think twice about what they've done yep. and what they continue to do. What do you, when might this become uh, more possible beyond this uh, unique situation? I think situation? you've got some. I think you've got some time. I, I mean, if somebody is waiting for an organ, they they shouldn't think that. Oh boy, this is going to happen now. They're going to have to take great care, and they're going to have to pay attention to what happens with this gentleman. Yeah. So it'll be. I still think it's years away. Got it. You mentioned. I think you said the Netherlands at the beginning, and how. Uh, they're conjoining euthanasia with organ donation. Are there some right. cases where, whether you've consented or not, um, all right, they're going to sadly they're they're you know helping people. No, they're kill not. Them. They're not uh, killing people and taking organs without consent, but they are basically giving people. And a lot of these people are mentally ill, by the way, not yeah. terminally ill, mentally yes. ill. Yes, yeah. and they're giving them an incentive to say, "Oh, well, my death would be greater than my life." You know, I've got the, I'm barely able to make it through the night because I'm in such despair. I'll die, and then people can live. That's a it's a terrible incentive. Yes, and in Canada, they're actually when somebody qualifies for euthanasia, at least in Ontario, the organ uh, transplant organization will contact them before they're killed to say, "Hey, can we have your liver?" I don't they don't put it quite that crassly, but that's what's yeah. being done. Isn't it ironic that people will and rightly decry suicide when it's unexpected, when someone dies, and yet? When we should be more concerned when someone is approaching suicide, not maybe at, at a moment of despair, but where it's really thought out and, and planned, et cetera, et cetera, because then you can have more volition involved and yet also collaborating with them. It's, it's like uh, we've got a disconnection here that we will mourn human life on the one hand and then yet somehow rationalize the killing of people in other circumstances. Well, in euthanasia and assisted suicide, usually, almost always, the people who ask to be killed or to commit suicide are not given suicide prevention. Uh, right now, yeah. uh, so we, we are actually becoming a pro-some-suicide society. I mean, people try to stop um, veteran suicides as they should, Yes, certainly youth suicides as they should. But then if someone says, well, but I have cancer, we say, oh, well, here are your pills. I mean, that's a terrible uh, statement to give to somebody in those conditions because they're basically validating the person's desire to be made dead. And not even recognizing the whole reality of redemptive suffering and also how one who is in need, mental, physical illness, is an invitation for loved ones to come out and help them, especially the elderly who themselves have given themselves for years to these people. Right, and his hospice was originally 
planned. I, I interviewed the, and for, for Culture of Death, I interviewed Dame Cecily Saunders, who created the modern hospice movement. Yeah. She was adamantly against suicide, assisted suicide for people with terminal illnesses. She said to me, that denies the intrinsic dignity of my patients when you facilitate their deaths. And she's absolutely right. Well said, Wes. How can people stay in touch with you? Humanize.today. Uh, they can go to my podcast and to my articles or Wesley. I'm sorry, at the Wesley J. Smith, if they want to follow me on Twitter. Thank you very much, Wes. Always great to have you on the program. Thank you, Tom.